fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode 62, and I'm very excited to talk to my guest today. But before we get to that, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube and you would prefer an audio-only version, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many other places like that. If you're listening on one of those, though, and you didn't realize there was a visual side to this thing, then please come check it out on YouTube. While you're there, if you would subscribe, it really does mean a lot to me. We just hit a thousand subscribers recently, and it's the best feeling ever. So if you supported the show in any way, thank you so much. If you'd like to reach out to me, maybe you've got a cool guest idea or some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. While you're there, let me know if you're interested in one of these stickers, and I'll mail you one. Now, back to the guest. Uh, I'm really stoked to talk to you. I can't, I was trying to remember how we actually know each other, but Eva yeah. B. Oh, hey. Hey, everyone. Thanks I, for having me. I know it's me. like an alias. I should probably should have asked you first if that's how you wanted to be introduced. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's your persona. Yeah. That's my persona. That's my pen name, as I like to call it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and you are a chef. I am a chef. Amongst other things, but yes. you are a local farm to kitchen, farm to table yeah. chef, which yeah. I wanted you to break that down a little bit. But, sure. Um, yeah. Do you remember how we met? Was it just mutual Facebook friends or something? Oh, nope. I have no idea. Well, regardless. Because <laughs> the thing is, you know, when you're creative in Ottawa, I'm just going to speak for you. I'm just going to go ahead. I find that like we always just like dabble in different circles. It's really hard as you're like, I don't know. I'm just going to put this out there. You're a comedian. It's not like you just hang out with comedians. No, no. It's just means. like every, every, whoever's creative in Ottawa, we're like, oh my God, a fellow artist or whatever. Like, things just like bleed over. So well, it's fantastic. We were talking I'm about sure. this in the, in the last episode. We were just talking about how Ottawa is the right size for that too. Yeah. Where, you know, it's not too big of a city, but yeah, I'm just curious how like you, you're not going to pull a, a Greg Houston, just peace out. What keeps you in <laughs> Ottawa? Um, family really yeah. uh, is the main thing. I mean, my, my folks are here, but also uh, I share custody with my ex-wife of my two oldest kids. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can't abscond with my children. I just need to be an artist in a Calloway. Okay. I've thought about it though. I thought about <laughs> if, if I didn't, if I wasn't in that situation, um, you know, would I go to Vancouver or something? Cause I'm mm-hmm. interested in acting too. And, uh, or even Toronto for the comedy stuff. I don't know, but I, I love Ottawa. Like yeah. deep down, if I moved away, I think I would still come back here all the time because I do love the city. Yeah, I think I need to just embrace it that I've grown up here, I live here. And honestly, listening to your podcast makes me feel like, you know, there is something to like, we have never hung out before. So I I already know, like, we have so fucking much in common. Yeah, the second you walked in, I was like, oh, Bart Simpson shirt. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna have fun. Shout out to the Glebe garage sale. That's where I found this. I love that. Um, and yeah, like the roster of people you've had on this podcast, like I'm just, just to be a part of this. It's just so well, I appreciate that, but I know exactly what you're saying. Like I try to it's like highlight that Ottawa's cool. It's super niche. Yeah, and it like, is. Yeah, it makes yeah. me feel, well, I don't know. Maybe it's like broad for you maybe, but like for me, I'm just like, how did he pick out like all of the moments of my childhood to be on? <laughs> well, that's kind of what inspiring. I did. I, I started chasing down people that you know, were influential on me at different junctures in my life. And yeah. then, uh, you know, double that with what you were already talking about, sort of just meeting cool, interesting, creative types in Ottawa, which is really easy to do. And, and everyone's really supportive and, and it's, yeah, it's just a great community. Yeah. Kudos to you for reaching out. Cause I think if I started a podcast, I would be really nervous to reach out to Joanne McLeod. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it got easier as, as I, 
had more prominent guests on, I, I yeah. was like, okay, well, there's a bit of cred there or whatever. But um, I'm just not, I don't embarrass easily. Uh, I'm pretty tenacious and I don't give up easily. Nice. Uh, well, especially, I just figure if it's someone I don't know, some big name person who probably gets asked all the time, well, the worst thing is what? They're, they're not going to think whatever. I'm annoying or something. It's like, okay, it's, I'm not fracturing some deep-rooted friendship or something, yeah. you know? Well, I was listening to Rick Campanelli's podcast that you did with him, and what struck me was, you know, he was talking about all, like, all the interviews that he didn't really... You were asking him about interviews he was in, most intimidated by. Oh, yeah. And then you guys went on this tangent about like, oh, did like some bands come in to Much Music? And they were like... Oh, like, what is this? This is an MTV. And maybe that yeah, made yeah. them a little bit apprehensive to get into it. And then he said something like, no, when people really realized what much music was, then was they special. were like, oh, okay, you guys have something going on here. Yeah. And he told a story about um, eventually he remembered who was the most intimidating. And it was yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Oh. <laughs> and that did not surprise me at all because that dude yeah. looks like a curmudgeon. I don't know. <laughs> it's really funny. Try not to judge but until I meet someone personally. But, but. On the other side of that, Rick is like the nicest dude ever. So, oh my god, I couldn't believe how like if Rick's he, gonna like throw shade at someone, there's gotta be. Good reason. He just seems like such a gem. Like I had no idea that he. I mean, you never know. Like it's been so many years since I've seen him on much. I guess I watched him a bit on on ET Canada. ET, yeah, yeah, he was on there for quite some time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, he's he's not like that. He's just playing it up for the camera. And then when you interviewed him, I'm like, oh my god, well, what a, what a gem. You know what though? There's plenty of people that you interview and and they they turn it on for for yeah. that, and then afterwards they ghost you or whatever. But Rick is not like that at all. Every time. You know, if I comment on something of his that I thought was cool, he always like, hey, how's it going, amigo? Like, he's, he is 100% what you see is what you get. So That's awesome. Um, okay, well, let's talk about everything you do. And, sure. and if you could start off by describing what is farm-to-table cooking specifically. Yeah, well, I have an environmental science degree. And before that, you know, I've always been really interested in food as like a mode of creativity. But when I realized how much of an effect we have on the land around us, like every little bit helps when it comes to sustainability. I realized that buying local seasonal not only tasted better, but you know, you really do have a hand on the soil structure, you know, it goes down to the nitty gritty when you choose to buy local organic food, you are really making a huge impact on the food system and it's better for you, you know, as after you harvest any ingredient, it immediately starts degrading in nutritional value. So, I mean, the fresher, the better, the fresher, the better. I mean, yeah, I just like feel better eating it. I love the community aspect of connecting with farmers. It's really, you know, some of the best connections, relationships that I've had in my life or just hanging out with farmers, hearing their gripes about industrial agriculture and like really people have no idea what it's like. And the more people move away from that kind of like tactile sort of job, I think it's been frowned upon over the years, you know, like... (laughs) I mean, my I had such a great upbringing being an immigrant in Canada, like really, you know, obviously have had many opportunities that maybe I wouldn't have had in Serbia. I don't know. We, we can oh, were you born in Serbia? I was born in oh, Serbia. Cool. Yeah. And I have some yeah, Serbian she brought some Serbian. Ca- That's actually a nice segue, but. <laughs> Let's, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll wrap up. My no, no, point. no, by all means. Um, I, yeah, I, I lost my train of No, but you had a lot of opportunities yeah. since you immigrated here. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I I 
have always had this like creative spark in me and food for me is a really great way of expressing that. And like, if I can tie that towards like my values when it comes to sustainability, uh, like farm to table is a no brainer. So essentially, I mean, I wouldn't walk around as like, I'm the farm to table chef, although I definitely project that. Well, <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. Caught on to that. That's right. It's just like, you know, um, making the most of what's local, in Ottawa is actually kind of difficult. But for me, I, I thrive on that. I thrive on, um, uh, on limitations when I'm, I'm oh. most creative. It's when I have these limitations. So working within a confine. Yeah. 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 So, um, That's cool. yeah, like for, for a few years I was in a duo for a while, like my husband and my now husband, we weren't actually together, uh, in, in an indie band, but it was just two of us. And like, I, again, that like, small band but we we were a small band but i just used the uh, 90s yamaha to program synth beats and, oh, cool. and we would use loop pedals to sort of build like a full a band sound, sound. Yeah, yeah 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 so i've always loved that sort of limitation just bre- breeding creativity it's interesting you bring that up because when i mentioned everything you do to my fiance kelly she asked um wouldn't it be hard during the winter to do this you know farm to table exactly so um, shout out to Plain Lune Farms. I'm not like the best at pronouncing, 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 <laughs> pronouncing, <laughs> pronouncing the word pronouncing. Pronouncing. I haven't even dipped into the rakia. Uh, <laughs> no, but French, French words. French words. Yeah. Uh, Plain, uh, what I've heard is as long as you try, they really respect that. I hope so. Yeah. Um, anyway, Plain Lune Farms, Farm Plain Lune. She, um, Randy, an old coworker of mine, she started a farm with her husband and she has a winter share, a CSA share. So CSA stands for Community Shared Agriculture. And basically, you buy into the season. It's really helpful for small farmers. You pay up front okay. for several weeks worth of vegetable deliveries. And oh, nice. she's one of the rare people that offers a winter CSA share. So in getting that, like you get so many different varieties of radishes and squash. And, and how are they doing this potatoes. in the winter? Greenhouses or something? Greenhouses, okay. yeah, cold storage. But a surprising amount of stuff can continue to grow in um, even an unheated greenhouse. So they have these... Like oh, really? really great setups. Mm-hmm. Even and like you can though? grow mm-hmm. wow. you can grow kale for a really long time. It even gets more tender and a bit more sweet when frost hits. Mm-hmm. Huh. There's bok choy that continues to grow. Um, yeah, like that's the thing about these small farmers is that they they're so in tune with the land that you'll be able they'll be able to figure out what varieties of what will grow and it's not stuff that you'll find in the grocery store so there will have to be some kind of like uh uh you just have to be brave i guess in the kitchen you can't just be like where are my peppers you know i'd have to make this pepper stir fry that i really love (laughs) you got to be innovative yeah you have to be a little bit uh yeah yeah like excited to try something new well, I mean, speaking of, which. yeah, I was going to say you did. I didn't know you were from Serbia. So that makes this even cooler. You did bring <laughs> a special concoction you wanted us yeah, to try. So and- it's Serbia. Um, usually when you like come over to somebody's house, you get offered Turkish coffee. I mean, we call it like domaca kafa, which is translates to like home coffee. And okay. it was actually one of the first preparations of coffee in the world. So, um, we're not really sure where coffee came from. It's probably from Ethiopia, goat ate That's what I had heard, a yeah. bean and then, but like, where did like a cafe concept come yeah. from? So I think from what I've learned is that it went up 
to Turkey, and that's where like big like open air sort of cafes started up. Cool. And then so this is um, interesting because the grounds are still in it. It's so finely ground that it can be uh, cooked on a in a pot on the stove. I can, I have to make a, a recipe video of how it's made. But anyway, so okay. I'm going to just pour some. Um, it's had enough time for the grounds to settle on the bottom. But if you see some sludge on the bottom, we call it sots. Which is like sludge? I don't know what it means. Sots. <laughs> like, I was wondering, where is uh, Serbia in relation to Turkey? Is it uh, close it's by? pretty close. Yeah. So um, the Ottoman Empire actually took Nothing. over Serbia uh, back in the day. Back in the Dizay. So it was all part of like the Ottoman Empire, which was kind of Turk. And it only ended oh. in like the early 1900s. The mm -hmm, Empire, yeah, right? Serbia is a little over 100 years old. Oof. Or Yugoslavia is rather. So in relation to Turkey, Serbia is like two, three countries away. Okay. And it's this really cool melting pot of, if I were to describe Serbian food, it's kind of this hodgepodge of um, German food from like the, the Northwest. Uh, Mediterranean because um, it, uh, Serbia borders Montenegro and Croatia, and oh. then and then there's Croatia, uh, and which borders the uh, Adriatic Sea. Oh my God, geography! I was gonna say you're like a history <laughs> and need, geography buff too. We need dad to like make sure that we're uh, <laughs> you're getting it accurate. Yeah, getting it accurate, accurate. And and then there's so much Turkish influence. So we have like lots of like kebab type type grilled meats. Wow. Uh, we have lots of fresh peppers. And so that's what I brought you to, to try later with For your sure. next I'm barbecue. I'm so down to try all this. Um, so roasted red pepper with tomato. It's called pinjur. <laughs> <laughs> all this sounds great. <laughs> um, yeah, you definitely want to have that with your barbecued meats. It's delicious as a side or on a burger. Um, so yeah, the, the other thing too, what I love about uh, Serbian drink culture is that, yeah, when you go over to somebody's house, you get the Turkish coffee offered to you. Then you also get a little bit of rakia. Shout out to my mom. She brought this back from Serbia for me. Uh, this is plum brandy. So it's distilled from plums. Here you go. Thank you. Oh, I thought you were going to mix them together. No, 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 no. Interesting. No, I this so, was yeah, some the Serb alcoholic coffee. The Serbian trifecta is to have coffee, brandy, and bubbly water. So when you offered me the bubbly. Oh, I thought you were going to say weed. Not sponsored. <laughs> no, not a big weed, weed culture there. Um, so what's the order to do this? There's no order, my friend. <laughs> so like. I like these people already. Right? So three Fucking drinks. I, my husband, whenever I'm like, always have three drinks with me. He's like, you're doing the Serbian three drink thing. So well, I don't what's know. Your, what's your uh Preference. Preference. Uh, get hopped up on coffee, then start sipping the brandy. Maybe chase with the bubbly. All right. Because it's really strong. Yeah, I'll a lot follow of your my, lead. A lot of my friends, when I offer it to them, how are you doing, Dad? Did you? What do you think? You just had some. It's, <laughs> it's pretty strong. So we're going brandy cheers. first. All right. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, I'm trying to get a little oxygen here. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, pretty strong. It's a slip. It's a sipper. Yes. I, that's actually not that bad. I found that kind of smooth. So uh, there are different varieties. You can actually get it distilled with quince, which is a type of fruit. kind of looks like an apple, but it's a bit more tart. Um, apricot is my favorite one. Okay, it's so they really make nice multiple sweet. kinds. That's, mm -hmm. Oh, right on. And then there is one actually made of green walnuts. I didn't even know so walnuts like came green. Raw, it's like raw in the shell, and then you distill it but with some sugar so it ends up being like really dark and murky and like cool. kind of interesting 
I feel like I'm just going to be saying cool to a million things because you're, you're just spouting some really okay. interesting stuff. And then a uh, shout out to Skella on Maryville Road in Ottawa. Um, they just reopened their new location. So if you're looking for any Balkan foods, it's a really beautiful store. They actually labeled the products with the prices. Like I can't tell you, like I love, I am like really all about farm to table cooking, but I will say I'm heavily influenced by my world travels. And even to, even from countries I've never been to, I love to cook food from just to kind of get a, get a feel. Yeah. Um, but I gotta say the international grocers, <sighs> come on guys, get a, get a marketer, you know, Put the labels, put the labels on the products. So I we find know you get that is. even at Loblaws and shit sometimes. I know, I know. I'm like, wait, how much is this? Yeah, exactly. So, but <laughs> Scala did an amazing job with their new location. So if you want to try out some Balkan foods, Balkan meat, like going from to, like Ukraine, like all, all of that kind of. I was going to say, I've heard the term, uh, yeah. but I, I wouldn't have been able okay, to necessarily. Okay, this is where I was like, okay, I need to like go, get it. Is that into... like Scandinavian sort of or no? Yeah, it's like a similar term. It okay. kind of groups countries together. So the Balkans are like east of the Adriatic Sea. So, so okay, uh, Italy's boot. Yes. Okay. East, I, I east of Italy's boot, you cross like a little dip of water. Yeah. And then you get to former Yugoslavia. You get to Montenegro. You get to Albania. Okay. You get to Croatia. And then Serbia's inland of that. Balkans are a mountain range, are they not? I don't know. Oh. Yeah, my dad's usually good for trivia facts like that. So I mean, maybe there's there's definitely the mountains in Bosnia yeah. and in Serbia. I'm learning a ton. And then if you go directly south from Serbia, you get to Macedonia and then Greece, the top of Greece. So Greece is like, like from your your direction. I'm trying to picture it. It's this way. Yeah. You've named so many countries that I've heard of, but could not have really told you where they were. What's really funny? I went to cooking school in Ireland, and <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up. We all had little name tags. Uh, Cause they're just old school like that. And I guess there are 60 students and they want to make sure that they call us by name, which is cool. Uh, I, after a while, I, I just flipped the name tag over and then I drew um, like East of Eastern Canada. So just because people in Ireland do not understand where Ottawa is. Wait, what did you draw for Eastern Canada? Okay. So I drew. Uh, <laughs> not like the, the map. I drew a map. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, just to troll people. And- Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. From memory? That's pretty good. <laughs> I loved geography as a kid. Same here, actually. I don't know that I could have drawn. You know. I mean, I remember like tr- doing like using like pencil crayons and, you know, r- drawing everything. I love that stuff. <laughs> I love geography facts and learning about different parts of the world. But yeah. I don't know that I have a visual like representation. Like if I were to try to draw all the states in the U.S., I think it would yeah. be very badly. Well, I mean, I drew Canada. I drew like what I know of Ontario. I kind of drew Quebec. And like, you know, the Eastern provinces. And then I drew New York because that is how I could show people. Roughly. Roughly. Proximity. Like Toronto yeah, yeah. is this way from New York City. Ottawa is this way. Here's Montreal. Maybe you don't know about no, it. No, but everyone knows New York. That's true. Right. That's a smart move, actually. And like, like we can drive there, you know. I was going to ask you about going to school in Ireland because we're like fully, my dad's fully Irish. I got my citizenship, oh. but I've never been there. Uh, my grandparents were immigrants. So. Top of the morning. <laughs> It was a, a great place. I, I can't wait to go one day. But. Oh, my God. Yes, you should totally go. So I was in Cork, Ireland, which is uh, two hours south of Dublin on the coast. And uh, what's funny about that is that whenever somebody was like, oh, I have to go to Dublin for something, for work or whatever. And oh. It's like a two-hour drive. And we're like, we go to Montreal for shows because we're like desperate for a culture. So <laughs> you enjoy your two-hour drive to Dublin, okay? <laughs> wow. But yeah, it was awesome. It was like, yeah, it's a f- 
what drew me to go to Ireland in the first place was because it's on its own 100 acre organic farm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So it was all in line with like what what I wanted to become as a chef it's one day. Bally Malo? Yeah, Bally Malo. Bally Malo. You cookers. pronounced it pro- properly. Good, Must be the good Irish, Irish boy. <laughs> Luck of the Irish, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I definitely want to go there one day, but it's, you know, having kids makes things quite mm-hmm. difficult. Traveling wise, I think we've been only two places in like me, my fiance and I since we've been together. <laughs> as yeah. far as uh, we went to Jamaica and we went to uh, nice. Columbus, Ohio, of all places. Well, they're starting <laughs> to make it more accessible to fly to Ireland. It's funny because there's so, so many Irish Canadians, so many Irish Americans, but it's actually it was it's kind of tough to get there. Like I think I had to go through through uh, Scandinavia, I forget where. Really? Like to get to Ireland? You mean like yeah. do a transfer? The flight, like, yeah. Weird. Yeah, it was like Ottawa, Montreal, Montreal. Is that a regular thing? Have you had issues like that going there? You haven't been to Ireland in a long time, eh? Usually, the, usually direct flight uh, is how I've always gone. Yeah. Hmm. Direct from Ottawa? Well, no, it would have been from Toronto in the day more. Oh, nice. And usually we go to England first okay. because we have relatives there as well. So mm-hmm. then you just catch a Ryanair and hop over. Oh, Ryanair. Well, there Be you still go. my heart. I don't even know I'm this, so nostalgic uh, now. <laughs> I don't know the reference, but yeah. Well, maybe one day I'll get it. Do you want to try some smoky? I'm down to try anything you brought okay, for sure. Okay, sweet. Um, yeah, because you don't eat meat, but Serbs cook with a lot of lard. Tell me these are organic. <laughs> I mean, you know what? The the ingredients are like not too too horrible in terms of processed food. It's um Yeah, I was definitely surprised to see Corn stuff. grits, peanuts, vegetable palm oil. They say vegetable fat, soy flour, salt. Oh. They're very, I feel like they need more peanut butter flavor, uh, smoky. Oh, it's peanut butter? Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Nut al- good thing you don't have a nut salty. allergy. No, I definitely not. But yeah, they're a good snack. But they're available everywhere in Belgrade, which is the capital of Serbia. Yeah, it's kind of like a peanut butter Cheeto. Right? With, well, without the cheese, obviously. Mm-hmm. But as far as texture and, you know, the poofy Cheetos, exactly, it's exactly the same. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Oh my God, Kelly would love these. She's a peanut butter fanatic. Oh, nice. Perfect. Um, so I was actually going to ask if you had grown up on a farm just because of all the, the farm, but that's <laughs> no, not the case. No, suburban Nepean. Well, because in your website <laughs> pictures, you're also like bonding with a chicken. So you know. I thought maybe you just had that in your roots, you know? Well, okay. Technically, there is a farm in the family in Serbia. This is what I was wondering, if you had some exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Oh, no. you didn't? Oh, I so mean, just... I only went to that farm in Serbia... I want to say 10 years ago was the first time. Oh, uh, okay. And that was well into my culinary career. I don't know. I don't know. I really, people are like, oh, your mom must have cooked so much fun stuff with you. She's like, no, get out of the kitchen, actually. That's, That's even actually- cooler, though, <laughs> that you found your own path, you know? I and appreciate it wasn't, that. Because there's yeah. a lot of families where, you know, you kind of they get your occupation you. handed mm-hmm. down to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to be a doctor or like whatever. So for they, you to just yeah, find they, that on your they own. They were very nervous. I would say they're supportive, but they were very nervous about me entering the culinary field. It's one of those things like uh, being a musician or being like mm-hmm. anything that I think involves a lot of creativity is not always the most stable as an occupation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where I was going when I, yeah, talked about being an immigrant, having opportunities. They were kind of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you get a good you job. Have but- a, you have a degree. I've heard that's like a, a common thing with immigrant parents, though. That oh, they, yeah, 100%. The, the next generation feels that that freedom and like, no, I'm going to explore this more than you guys did because I have that ability to because you guys just, you know, worked the factory job or whatever they had to do to pay the bills kind of. I guess so. 
They uh, were very, they're very well educated too. So maybe that actually. What do your folks do? Um, well, my dad is a, an electrical engineer. Cool. He was part of the uh, the Nortel debacle. Oh, oh my dad was. Sorry. Uh, how many years at Nortel? Maybe you knew him. I was there 18 and a bit. He was wow. like a human resources dude, right? Yeah, in, Oof, in, so, in the software systems, okay. HR systems, not oh. An HR. Oh, yeah, person. Sure. I know. I did like a oh. over two hour interview with my dad, and I already forgot what he does. Oh, cool! I'll have to check that podcast out. Well, it's mainly well, the sound was terrible on that one. Oh, it was okay. the early days, but um, <laughs> yeah, so profesh here. Yeah, we upgraded recently. Uh, but no, my dad, I, I think I made a mental block when I was a kid because whenever I would ask you what your job was, I would get so bored that I just like I think I just learned to tune it out. I, my friends would ask me, "What does your dad do?" He works at Nordell, mm -hmm. something with computers. That I'm, was literally the extent I knew. Sorry, friends. I'm all, I'm really bad with remembering what my friend's boring jobs are. Yeah, get an interesting really, job already. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're saying, okay, friends? Be but, cool like us. Be like... Uh, so I, anyway. I want to talk, though, uh, about your, your culinary journey because one thing that really stuck out was when you described that you had depression mm -hmm. and that you were also having a bunch of allergies mm -hmm. and then you went and saw an allergist and they put you on a specific diet like an elimination mm -hmm. diet so i wanted to know sort of what that diet was i was very curious when i read that how barren what were your selections barren. <laughs> you know <laughs> again i thrive on being limited true true yeah, so this... i was like if this is gonna help bring it on well it's that's, yeah, the allergist was definitely an alternative one where now in my more rational-minded days, I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know how legitimate it was. Oh, interesting. But thank God I found it because I was definitely suffering uh, from panic attacks. It was really hard to work, but I made it happen, you know. And uh, yeah, the elimination diet, if you want to get into the specifics, I'm not diagnosing Anybody no, no, I was just panic curious. Attacks, yeah, like that. This should be this should be the way you should go. But actually, a lot of people have benefited from eating like this. So no legumes. So like no lentils, no beans, no soy. Oh, beans is like one of my main sources of protein. I know. Protein. <laughs> yeah, being a vegetarian on an elimination diet fish, is tough. Yeah. Um, no gluten, no dairy, no nightshades. The nightshades are peppers, eggplant. Like that's like half of Serbians. They're poison, Serbians poisonous diet. in large doses, right? Um, well, there's a compound in it called a lectin, and those are really, uh, yeah. Besides the the nightshade specific compound, there's also a lot of lectins in the seeds and the skin, hmm. and that can really uh, cause gut inflammation. Okay. You know? I don't eat a lot of eggplants, so we're good. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> am I? Well, I'm trying this to. I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, yeah. sort of like I'm thinking of my diet yeah. in my head. How well do I follow this? Uh, no nuts. Um, I think. Wait, did she say no nuts at the time? I don't think so. It's nuts, but mostly <laughs> no grains except for quinoa and rice because those are kind of like a low gliadin gluten uh, okay. containing grain. Because fun fact, all grains have these compounds like lectins and like a like a variation on gluten. It's not necessarily the gluten compound. And uh, yeah, I followed that very strictly for six months. Well, you just mentioned oh, all the things oh, you can eat. What were you eating then? And no sulfites. So that's like no. So basically, nothing like with preservatives, like no wine. You know, okay. I was really I just drank gin. So okay, what did what did I eat? Because a lot of meats have sulfites, like um, uh, yeah, like, like bacon lunch and, meats and stuff. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, man, it was a while. It was a while ago. I think I ate a lot of like rice noodle bowls. I ate. Um, oh yeah, I could eat buckwheat because buckwheat turns out not a wheat. 
Really? It's a yeah. It's um, what's the term? I hate when things have like lies in their name. I know. <laughs> the hell, buckwheat! You need like a new rebrand. Have you tried um, konjac noodles? Yeah, I love them. They're pretty cool. They're but so I remember good. reading something on there saying like only eat one a day because some people have it's extreme so much reactions. Fiber. It's because there's so much fiber. Yeah, in indigestion or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, I don't know if you heard of konjac noodles, Dan. Only from you, I think. Okay, yeah. When you were trying them. They're, like they're very essential. popular in Japan. They're popular with, um, like, you know, fitness people because they, mm. they're, like, so low in calories. And low glycemic. Yeah, they don't shoot yeah. your, like, blood sugar They'll up. fill you up without, you know, mm-hmm. puffing you up. So yeah. it's like Konjac instead of Metamucil. Uh, it's not like I just think a laxative. So, but yeah, no, Metamucil is a fiber. Yeah, it's a fiber. It's ma- mainly just psyllium husk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I is, always thought Metamucil was to help you shit. It is. Okay. It bulks well, up the because, stool. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, yeah. Uh, it's very hydration-y. <laughs> you have to drink a lot of water you when you take drink, it. Oh, oh yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, depletes yeah. you of hydration. Yeah, because yeah. actually with keto cooking, um, I'm like jumping ahead. That's I okay. Think. No, I, that's somewhere in my notes here, I'm with sure. With keto cooking, uh, baking, you use a lot of psyllium husk because it's so absorptive. That was the word I was looking there you for. Go. It was so absorptive. Um, like when you're cooking with it, you actually have to let the batter sit for a minute because it like starts absorbing all this liquid. So imagine that in your guts. Oh, yeah, and that's like, true. Well, that's why I, I like to try to eat stuff that I hear is good for your guts, like um, kombucha and also this raw, unpasteurized sauerkraut. I try to just mm-hmm, eat like a nice. big forkful, yeah. you know, every couple of days. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it, yeah, that's I mean, I, I don't know if it's, I haven't done any uh, studies on myself right. or anything, but I feel healthy <laughs> for the most part. So, yeah. Um, but it's interesting when you were saying, you know, no nuts, no beans, because those are, again, not eating a lot of meat, obviously protein, but nuts, I've read so many things about different types of nuts for like depression and for, um, you know, just many mental things. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know. I hate when I hear about diets that take away the good benefits of things that, you know, you can't eat this anymore. But it's, but, yeah, it's like you asked a good question. Like what, can, what did you eat? You know, there's yeah. so, I could eat everything from my CSA box if I wanted to, you okay. know, I get, oh, so all the fresh produce and stuff like from, all of the meat and I'm sorry, you don't eat meat, but fish, all of the fish, <laughs> except some shrimp has like sulfites in it, really? which is annoying. Yeah. It Weird. keeps the color and salmon is dyed a lot of the time. It's, fun- <laughs> it's funny you're talking about, you know, me not eating meat uh, because I'm in no way like a judgmental. You could eat a T-bone stick in front of me. I'm not going to. Oh, hell yeah. Bring it on. And, and I, I actually gathered from some <laughs> of the stuff I read that you were like a very similar mindset of of judge. Don't judge. You know, just let everyone live and let live kind oh, of thing. Oh, I'm so glad that that comes across because, yes. yeah, it's really easy. Like before we start rolling, we're talking about Joe Rogan. Like, you know, it's easy for people to like. Yeah, be like super judgmental. Yeah. Um, or at least appear so. And, you know, I'm glad that Or they feel like I, they have to pick a team. And yeah. if you don't fully commit, Although then you're, you part know. of me, because we're all like, as a solo entrepreneur or a creative, we, we're all mindful of this new age of self-promotion. So sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm not being um, truthful enough or like blunt enough. Unfortunately, that attitude gets a lot of clicks and views and comments because people yeah. are like, oh, what the fuck? What are you saying? You know, that it kind divides of people and starts conversation. Yeah. yeah. And then like secretly the person putting out those statements are like, <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, you've probably been harassed by vegans at some point or another. Great. Like now you now ones? now you've now you've planted the seed. Yeah, I'm trying to no, really alienate you. No, fortunately not. Fortunately oh, no? not. No, I've been doing recipe writing for a farm called Farm Revers. Um, 
you like the pause before I, love, I say a French I can word. See I'm like, you're trying so hard. <laughs> um, shout out to Fam Rivers. They uh, they deliver fresh pasture raised eggs. Nice. And kombucha, the best kombucha you can buy in Ottawa. Period. Best eggs you can buy in Ottawa. Period. I will say for people who love kombucha, deliver. don't. Go look at a video of what like the blob thing is. The it'll scoby? Make, oh, the it's so no, gross. it's so cool. The scientist in me is like, oh, so cool. Symbiotic relationship. It looks microbes. like nasty though. I don't know. It's I buy the kombucha even made, that doesn't have like the massive chunks. There's tonica is pretty good for that. You'll see a little bit of debris, but it's well, not. Well, Olga from Ferme Reveuse really filters that shit. Okay. And it's good, really good. good. She uses seasonal flavors too. I want all the benefits. I just don't want the gnarly like yeah. mouthfeel. Or Why whatever. did I bring them up though? Sorry, I, I'm guilty of that. Yeah. No, no, Podcast. I I went on the tangent. Yeah, well, I I may have derailed it. This happened. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. Oh my god. Um. So you we were talking about being okay. They got hit by the vegans okay, hard okay. recently. They were promoting their veal, and then the vegans were like, "What the? It's I a think baby. They, they just paid. <laughs> they just yeah, but like, okay, so let's. The only argument I've ever heard the other way is, yeah, but it's a tasty baby. Yeah, <laughs> and that's I a, get that's, that. You do you, but. I mean, the veal is like incredible. But like, so for the first time I ordered it from them, it was like bright red. I thought that they messed up and they just gave me beef. And they're like, no, it's actually because they get fresh air, which oxygenates their blood oh. and actually makes them. That makes a lot of sense. So they're free babies and they actually, they're not babies anymore. They're like much older. Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah, you again, another reason sure to they connect have, with the farmers. Still had dreams and aspirations. No. <laughs> um, you, you just don't want that milk-fed veal where they the, what they used to do with veal was they would keep the calf in a small pen, feed it milk and not let it move around much because they didn't want the muscles to develop. So you'd get this pale cut of meat. And that was supposed yeah. to be great veal, but you got to think about the life of the youngster. Like, geez, mm -hmm. come on. Well, yeah. So this I mean, farm is legit and they're so open. They're like, if you want to visit, come by, you know, they're, yeah. they're awesome. But well, yeah, they got hit hard. They did like a promotional post on Facebook and then the vegans were like, what the fuck? Yeah. Facebook, you're going to And they're like, no you what. should wish there were more farms like us. Well, cause they're not like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Walmart type yeah. foods and yeah 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 well what, what you were saying it's the same reason i pay like the extra four bucks for free range eggs or mm -hmm. free run because when you hear about like the bottom of the line eggs it's chickens all mashed into one cage they de-beak yeah. them so they can't poke mm -hmm. each other to get to death and um and then you just even if you don't morally give a shit about that you're like fuck it they're chickens i don't care still like dude bro like what what do you think's gonna make the healthier egg yeah exactly the hostage chicken <laughs> the or the hostage like chicken. i'm like sure that. i've said this on the show before but it's really, it seems like a no-brainer to me to Same. Eat, eat the eggs from the healthy animal that yeah. had a decent life. So. But that, I mean, goes for the vegetables, too. I think a lot of people who are plant-based, they forget that the industrial harvested turbines that collect the corn or the the lettuce, they're just raking through with these, like, really fast motorized blades. And yeah. those are killing, like, entire ecosystems yep. of, like, groundhogs and mice. Plus, they have probably and, way more, um, like, anti-bug sprays and yeah, all the chemically yeah. shit on them. Yeah, right? yeah. I think, you know, it's much more sustainable to, to be mindful of, you know, the whole cycle of life and death. And, you know, and honor the small local farmers, but it's not in everyone's budget or people just don't even know. Yeah. Which is kind well, of and some like people my... are against it. And that's fair. They're allowed to not want to eat, you know, and, and that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because like, I, and I have well, said, don't this, be a fucking hypocrite is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I've said this on the show many times, but it's something I stand by, which is the same reason that 
I don't eat animals for me personally is because I just feel kind of, I mean, I eat fish, so I'm not a purist. This is, you know, don't take my advice. But for me, the main reason I don't eat them is because I feel like, you know, I didn't create this animal. I don't have jurisdiction over them. But that's the exact same reason that I'm not going to give you shit if you eat meat because you're essentially another animal that I don't have jurisdiction over. And, you know, that's very interesting. So it's to me, that's the hypocritical part. So interesting. Anyways, each their own. And I think we'll generally have a happier Well, you're giving uh, uh, lower people who eat not as much meat a good grab. <laughs> I know. I'm in such like a thin sliver <laughs> no, of... it's called of... pescatarian. Yeah. It's so funny talking to other chefs that are like, meh, dietary restrictions. I'm like, well, A, kind of saves people's lives. Yeah, depending on your situation. Depending on your situation. Yeah. Yeah. B, as my doctor friend says, she's like... People can ask for food that isn't spicy if they want. And a lot of chefs will be like, okay, they don't want something that's not spicy. But if. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, I will vouch for chefs. uh, Like if you're coming to a restaurant and you're like, can I have the the steak? But can you remove like the butter, the the herbs, the no pepper? You know what I'm saying? It's not the thing anymore. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Like don't walk into a restaurant, call ahead. If you really have like a lot of dietary restrictions, please call ahead. They are probably going to be more than happy. However, if they're railed busy in the middle yeah, of service. Yeah, and you spring it on them. Yeah. And then you act like all dickish about it, like as if they were supposed to know somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, people yeah. do that with so many things, though. It's just called uh, being arrogant. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> yeah, like I got like uh, farro, which is a type of it's an ancient grain. Okay. Uh, it contains gluten. I got that on my salad, even though the the rest of the food I asked for gluten free, because that's that's one thing I still stick to that I find that gives me a lot of brain fog. I definitely eliminate gluten. However, I've slowly reintroduced the stuff from that elimination elimination diet. But anyway, I got the salad. I had the the ancient grains containing gluten on them, and I was like, you know what? I'm st- I'm not gonna take it back. But I just let them know. I'm like, in case a celiac comes, you should know that th- whoever's on the line just threw this on. Yeah, because they yeah, might have a really extreme Because the person case. who might be freshly diagnosed celiac might not know. Yeah, yeah, They exactly. might be like, oh, Pharaoh, that's not wheat. So, wow. Yeah. That's so true. Um, I wanted to ask you, since you mentioned you did travel and you're into meats and stuff, I'm curious, if like, what's the most exotic meat you ever tried? I ate snake in China. Okay. What kind of snake? I don't know. <laughs> it was, it was big. Stuff? It was like about yay thick, oh like maybe God. five inches Chinese are pretty out there with uh, with what they eat for sure and I was like stuff that's still moving yeah I did not eat any of that Um, (laughs) I've seen some weird videos online yeah same um no it was actually surprisingly hollow um so you basically eat but between the ribs of the of the (laughs) it's like yeah you get like the round of it and then you eat the Again, Flesh not judging, but still a little bit. It was delicious. I ate a lot of random shit in China. And it was all delicious. Like what else? What other? It weird... like changed my. It actually, I I like to say that it kind of sparked my, um, desire to become a chef because it it, made I was you just realize like, how much more was out there. Yeah, and yeah. like the eating culture. I was I was graciously taken around with like my best friend from high school and her mom all throughout China. And so being a guest, like they really, you know, they go all out and like lazy Susan, everything. And it's always just this grand affair. And it was really, really awesome to see like, oh, this is how people eat, they gather and they Isn't that take their so time. cool? Not just like how different cultures have different 
like you know cuisines but the way they eat can be so different and yeah. the ritual behind that the, the ritual is yeah. awesome yeah i love it so much well my dad i remember telling me when i was a kid he used to travel for nortel mm -hmm. and he went down to texas one time and i think you told me you had like rattlesnake like a sausage style on a pizza or something whoa <laughs> well there was yeah it was an exotic pizza place really and they had alligator they mm. had that rattlesnake but you tried uh, uh any of the weird shit? No, no, I really didn't. But there were others in our party who did. Um, I I don't recall the comments, but it was probably tastes like chicken. Yeah, probably. That's what the, I know. <laughs> it's you, a classic. You had chocolate covered <laughs> ants. You told me back mm. in the day. Yeah, that's back in university. I I did some things and chocolate covered ants and octopus, which was kind of a rare thing at the time. So that's one thing, Oliver. I will say. Octopus is one of those things that I'm having a hard time eating because they're okay, so cool. fucking smart. smart. They're so smart, but they're well, so delicious. So that's, yeah, it's kind of cool. Everyone has their own personal limit because the way I stopped eating meat was when I started learning that pigs were smarter than dogs. And yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to eat my dog. And I ate poultry for a while still after that, like years. Yeah. And then eventually I just, I don't know why I stopped eating chicken really because I still don't have a lot of respect for them. What about <laughs> whales and what about porpoises? And, mm. you know. Oh, uh, do people eat uh, like dolphins and shit? Yep. Whale is still on the menu in Japan. And the shark fin soup is a big thing too, right? I guess so. That was, uh, I remember they were that's worried. The, that's really, what's tough about you know, banning, whaling, and the shark stuff. It's like it's so entrenched in, in their culture. But it seems like when, I mean, me, I could be wrong here, but when it's uh, anything I've seen with like Inuits, they seem to be very respectful. And mm -hmm. it seems like you said to be a part of the culture, but they don't overuse. It's not for the wrong reasons. It's mm -hmm. just to sustain themselves. Yeah. And, um, but when you hear about a lot of Asian cultures, it's like, oh, we need this tiger's penis because it will make my yeah, I mean, my that, courage strong or oh, something. I'm like, I know it's it's such a fine on. line. Like we're definitely not the people to tell them that yeah. it's wrong. They have to figure that out themselves. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like it's TCM, yo, tra tra traditional Chinese medicine. Like they think of, uh, I think some stuff can be helpful. Like I studied herbalism for a yeah. while, but then I think sometimes it's like a little bit more metaphysical. And like to them, like that's really important because yeah. you get the vibes. But you would think if they, they respect these animals so much that they would also then be like, oh shit, they're they're almost extinct. Yeah, that like we should slow down, guys. I don't yeah, know. that's the thing though. Like all this stuff happened when it was like fucking really hard to capture a tiger. But yeah. now like <laughs> exactly. now that's we got machine guns. Now it's like send the drone out or send something. Send the drone, send the huge <laughs> nets and like the mechanical cranks to just pick up everything in the ocean. Now it's yeah. just really hard. Like in Mexico, I met this guy who like would literally free dive with a like a Bart we're repping Bart Simpson today with a, a slingshot. Slingshot. I was wondering where would, you were going with that. Would hit the octopus in the head and knock oh. it out and fucking fish it and like cook it up there and i'm like okay i respect that it's but cool, if the guy kinda, is yeah. like <laughs> it's bad but if yeah if we have like these huge ships that are just taking up everything i mean that's where the issue is i don't i think like that's the that's that the issue with the issue is that i think it's so easy to be like let's just eliminate all fisheries it's like yeah. well no like there are so many communities that literally their lives depend on it. It's been in their blood for generations and they still fish, you know, the old school way. Responsible-ish way. They yeah. take what they need, much like you were saying with the Inuit. It's like salmon fishing is huge in the West Coast, in Quebec with like indigenous cultures. You know, why don't like 
Like There's they, a right they way to knew, do it. They knew what seasons to fish the salmon and when to just let them yeah. be. Because they're in tune with it and they respect mm-hmm. it. And that's the difference. Is yeah. like, And all from, that stuff is being lost. Yeah. The it's instead issues, huge yeah. Co- uh, monopolies and corporations that don't give a flying fuck about the fish or the balance of the nature and the ecosystem and all that. And it's all about just money. And yeah. that's where I would say the world is going wrong in a lot of ways. True. But yeah. certainly in, in I mean, the food industry. Like we can use money to motivate us and, you know, buy like cool shit for the walls and stuff. But, you know. Yeah, I'm not looking to move to capitalist or I mean uh, communist Russia or anything, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, there's right ways and wrong ways to do things and a lot can get lost. I know, which is again like why I thrive on like putting this farm to table message out. We'd like let's vote with our dollar. There's yeah. a lot that's out of our control. We are on the first day of, I guess, new government or the old government part two. <laughs> they're back again. They're, yeah. they're back. <laughs> Nothing really changed, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, vote, vote where you can with your dollar. There's a lot we have out of our control. Like, for instance, so I studied environmental science at Carleton University. And I remember one of my last geology classes, like a fourth-year class, we, the teacher was... We were talking about... Like, I was getting, like, really into sustainability. I was vegetarian. I was, like, really, like, oh, we got to, like, do what we can. I was, like, biking everywhere. A few, I, I thought I would never go on an airplane again. Like, it was really hardcore. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really hardcore. Greta Thunberg. And the guy was, like, oh, did she say that? She's, like, she, she would only take a boat plane. or something, right? When she came to go on Ellen, I think she, she refused to take yeah, a Yeah, like, I was yeah. fantasizing about how I would get to Serbia again and visit my family. Like, I was like, I was like looking up online, like what boats I could take. Like maybe I could work on a boat to get across. Anyway, uh, that's how hardcore I was. And then the guy was like, did you know that your tuition is being invested into refineries and like mineral extraction around the world? It's like, we have a very, like, if you really think on this like macro level, we have a very small um, way of controlling, you know, where our influence goes like it's unfortunate it's like the world we live in so you know support your local farm (laughs) this is how it all comes but it partially comes down to convenience is the problem is lazy people and the people who are like oh well why would i go get the healthier food from way down there where i got to drive maybe a little further when Mm -hmm. the store has some pre-packaged but now they all get they deliver everything especially like once the pandemic hit they were like how do we how do we get this amazing food to our people like Okay, speaking of of deliveries to the door, sorry to cut you off, but I did want to ask you what your thoughts were on uh, something that we've been doing lately, which is like the good food boxes and the HelloFresh. Do you think that's awesome because it's getting people to cook or? Well, I've never used the service, but you tell me, do you feel like you've learned anything from cooking? Uh, like maybe I, new learn new spice of a new spice or of a yeah, new... Yeah, little things definitely. Yeah, little things. If anything, I would say it's, it's a confidence builder because every oh, cool. single one, and I have anxiety, so this is part of it. It might not be the case for everyone, but every single one, I've been very stressed out the entire time, but I'm very happy and proud at the end. And they've always oh. turned out like amazing. And I'm like, oh, look at me. Mm. <laughs> you do know? you think uh, like, so just like, do you ever look online for a recipe? If you're like, oh, I kind of like, I want to make pho for the first time. Not really. No. I do, no. I don't even watch a lot of TV anymore. I feel like I always, maybe it's bad time management partially, but I'm just always doing some shit. And uh, I, I do try, I, I guess I do like these because they have forced me to try new recipes that I never would have. Mm-hmm. Um, one criticism though is their time allocations that they tell you not accurate at all. They don't take into account chopping all the shit up. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up. Of course, if you've got something. Yeah. Yes, I do. So um, 
every like Jamie Oliver has like a 15 minute or less franchise pretty much um and i've worked on several cooking shows myself yes. uh, one of which was like a, a another sort of 30 minutes or less to make three dishes all of those are like they do time it but everything is prepped in little bowls all of your equipment exactly. is on the table yeah 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 it's not real world at all it's not necessarily not real world. It's just like, that's how long it takes to cook after you've prepped everything. Yeah. But how, are, how am I? Okay, so this is interesting because I'm getting, I, I've pivoted my business a little bit. I've been getting more into recipe writing. Oh, nice. And um, I need to understand the difference it takes for me to chop something up for, for me to write down prep time, how long Because you're it? very efficient and you yeah. know your way around the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I have a well-organized kitchen because it's essentially my studio now. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like versus you, like if you don't cook that often, yeah. if you don't know how to cu cut a pepper and like get the seeds out. I'm you, not that bad. If you think you need to take every single seed out and you're very meticulous, um, that will take you longer. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that it's super interesting. So I don't know, I don't know what we we could offer as a solution to HelloFresh or whatever company, uh, but uh, well, let's yeah. actually let's talk. What do about, I think about those companies? Well, I yeah, think I uh, it's unfortunate because I did work for a company. This lady hired me to do recipe development for like a local version of that kind of thing, but okay. she just uh, she just decided to stop after a year. Um, I wasn't really involved in the packaging of it, but she said that more and more people were like, can you, can you stop giving us like the full vegetables? Can you just start prepping everything so I can oh. dump and mix? And it's just like, well, that kind of like lot, it loses the whole vibe of her being like, no, we want you to learn how to cook. So, yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always known that entering this field professionally, I wanted to teach people how to cook, but, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that with me because now I realize that yeah, like I also have crazy anxiety and not. I'm not saying you have crazy anxiety. Oh, it, it is sometimes <laughs> for sure, and I'm OCD too, so yeah, I don't same. count the seeds, but I'm sure I have my own something like that. Yeah, that I'm doing so in the it's kitchen. good. It's good to know that yeah, people still have that barrier to cross over too, because with the pandemic, you know, I think a lot of people realize how much their their health really matters. Yeah. And I feel like cooking from scratch is one way of helping your immune system. And, you know, it's not the only thing, obviously. And it also, I think one of the reasons they started those companies or the incentive is supposed to be that you won't end up buying stuff at the grocery store that like two weeks later, you're like, oh, shit, we forgot to use that. And yeah, now it's but gone some bad. people are like, oh, they gave me too much food. Do you find, well, you have kids, so they probably Yeah, it goes eat. pretty quickly yeah. when the kids are all here. Yeah, yeah um, but like I know couples that are like, it's too much food. And then I don't know what to do with, with the leftovers. So that's like a whole other thing, aspect of, of food you're wasting education. Potentially. Yeah. yeah, I know my brother, he's always like, okay, what's with these recipes? Like, what do I do with the leftovers? And like, I, like, I as I said, I love to like, I thrive on on limitations yeah. so i create like new full meals out of leftovers what is that called ad hoc is that the term when you throw something together with what you got that's that's not incorrect right yep no that's correct okay or makeshift would be another one i, I guess was i didn't really realize what that term was do you want more rakia yeah it's actually really good i'm finding tiny sips are super smooth and and there's a nice taste at the beginning i don't know if it's the plum i guess I but so. yeah. yeah no thank you for bringing that Oh my um, God, my I was actually going to throw to my dad because sometimes he has a question for the guest. And okay. I, did you did you prep one this week or no? Or this week we did a podcast like two days ago. But this I will episode... say thank you for the honey. I feel like I don't know if you guys give this to all of your guests, but I don't think my dad's ever given anyone a, a gift. Is this your honey? <laughs> no, it's not ours. It's, but it's locally made. Uh, we this bought... is the sweetest gift, honestly. Not just because I'm Eva B, but 
Now, you know, we contributed to a, a local hive, right, to promote oh, the bees. And, I haven't heard about this. Yeah, and then as part of that, you get a share of the honey that's produced. And we've done that a couple CSAs, of different times. CSAs, yo, CSAs. Yeah, yeah. That's This really is amazing. Cool. I've never even heard of this company. I feel like I really pride myself on learning about, like, every single food business in Ottawa. Grab, mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, yeah. People mm. are like, how did you find this restaurant? Like, I take them to a new place. I'm like, I feel it's, like, literally my job. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. So that's Thank G, you. I think it's G's Bees, and uh, they've got a Jeez local, bees. they've got a local uh, farm, and they have uh, a really nice way of of running their business. You get to go out there. You can take your kids, and they'll show them the hives, and it's a it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to check them out. Now, as far as questions, I have a couple of different questions actually. Bring yeah. it on. Oh, bring it on. So I can f- load my vape. Yeah, the first one is around organic versus non-organic. So organic ostensibly seems like the right way to go, right? Um, but I have heard things that organic farmers, I mean, they've still got to deal with the same pests and things like that, and they have organic solutions to that. Mm-hmm. So we won't call them, I, I guess there's still a pesticide yeah. that is to get rid of the pests, but, and that and that they they're not as effective as like, chemical pesticides that others use but so they have to use a lot more they got to treat a lot more and i'm just wondering eh, any concerns about that or i mean is organic i guess it comes down to is organic food really that much better for us i mean they're just using alternative pesticides but yeah that's a it's a tough question because again i if i were to choose between organic baby gem lettuce from California or my friend's non-certified organic farm, I would choose my friend's farm. Do you know what I mean? So there, so an, another example I can give you is um, a friend of mine. He, he's a PhD in, uh, in like land use for agriculture. And he gave me this anecdote on organic bananas. And there are some plantations that will cover the bananas, but sp- spray the trees and the soil and everything for the pesticides, but the bananas can still be certified organic. Oh, they're just loopholing it. It's a loophole. Brutal. So again, this is why it's so important to get to know your farmer or yeah. the farm that the food comes from because, well, yeah, because like big... organic is not this like fantasy birds flying around everything, you know, there can still be monocultures of organic crops. I was just going to say, obviously, big business has gotten wise to the fact that organic's in, so well, they're going to do the sinister Unfortunately, of organic is in itself a big business. So my friend's farm might not be certified organic because it's crazy. You have to have, like, organic hand wash. You have to have organic, like, a bunch of organic certified products. On top of that, you have to be, like, logging a bunch of stuff for bureaucracy purposes so yeah. they can make sure that it's organic and everything. And, mm-hmm. all, yeah. and it's really out of their price point. So a farm can totally be organic, but not actually be able, have the means, have the financial means, have the time to become certified organic. Hmm. So, so here's another question. So that, that was a good answer. I mean, I think the focus there is really go local. Because you can yeah. become educated about what's local and you can never become educated about the bananas from Ecuador or wherever. Yeah, True. I know. Yeah, you could, but it's like a full-time job. It's a lot more work, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, unfortunately, there's no easy answer to is organic better for you or not. Okay. I think um, some people say, like, if you can't afford organic, 
uh, don't buy organic. Um, uh, you don't have to buy organic avocados because like the, the peel will prevent you from actually ingesting the pesticides. Mm. But I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure on all that stuff. If it's got a hard enough shell type vibe. To yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the other thing, and you've said it a couple of times, you know, get to know local, get to know your local farmer. How does the average person get to know their local farmer? Definitely just search online for a farmer's market near you. I One of my first chef jobs was in Algonquin Park at, at an eco lodge. So I literally had to drive 10 kilometers to get to my nearest neighbor. Oh, wow. like that's how in the middle of the woods I was. And the owner of this lodge was like, oh, just go to the no frills and like buy whatever taco shells and ground meat or whatever. I'm like, well... Thanksgiving's coming up. I would really love to get a local turkey and vegetables. He's like, we're in Algonquin Park. It's all like, I forget like what, like granite or limestone. It's like, you can't farm here. Oh. And I literally just, there was all, there was a weekly farmer's market in the town that was close by. I'm like, <laughs> did you always yeah, just ignore Yeah, didn't look this? very hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I got to connect with local farmers. So that, that's just an example of how. There's one in Stittsville, I think too, right? Or carp or something uh, like an organic one. Oh, maybe or not like organic. Any... Oh, just a farmers market. There's so of. many farmers markets yeah. in Ottawa. There's one in um, Lansdowne Park, every Saturday. Parkdale is literally every day. They don't necessarily. Um, they're not necessarily the farm where the produce is grown. Sometimes they're just selling what Loblaws is selling. Oh, really? Well, you know, Loblaws they have Ontario grown stuff and they promote that. So when it's, it's in good. season, it's definitely still, still good. Better, yeah. yeah, for sure. And you're still meeting people. It's still community. You know? Yeah, I mean, well. <laughs> Pandemic, <laughs> not, maybe not so Not much. really. But, um, okay, so <laughs> that's all to say is like the farmer's market is a re- your your best bet. And then a lot of them will promote a CSA share. So CSA, Community Shared Agriculture. Um, and then you can maybe try your hand at getting a biweekly delivery of a half share. And then you're like not thrown like a bunch of vegetables you've never seen before it's like a good way to like tiptoe your way into buying organic and it's cheaper in the long run at first you have to invest a few hundred dollars well depends on the size of share um and then yeah you get whatever they have growing i know a couple families that do that with meat where they have like uh, farmers come and drop off yes it's the best and someone told me something along the lines of uh that the meat they got was like they, they were weirded out at first because they thought it was supposed to be more like red, like they would get at Walmart, but the meat was more like a gray color. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so. Uh, but that was so good, blood, they were saying. Blood has oxygen in it. Okay. And when you don't put any like additional preservatives on top, or if you don't have a great vacuum sealer, the outside will oxidize and become brown. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's off. It just means that it's just been hit with like a little bit of oxygen but it's still no they were i believe maybe i'm messing this up but i believe the person that was saying this as like a good thing and they were saying that walmart was like putting fake shit to make theirs mm-hmm. look like it was fully oxidized yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. exactly yeah they can like coat it with, with yeah stuff sort to of keep sketchy it from... nonsense oh man that's that's bananas uh, <laughs> do you have more questions or no that's pretty much it I have others. Do you want me to keep going? It's up to you, Dad. I mean, hey, I, all all conversation is interesting conversation, so I don't care if it's for me or you. I love the sidekick vibe. Yeah, here. well, my dad knows a lot of shit, too. I have a question for Dad. Sure. How do you feel about your son vaping publicly? <laughs> oh, God. Um, can't imagine you give a fuck, but maybe, maybe I'll... No, it... it, it I know my immigrant parents would be like, fuck. What the fuck? It's something we've we've, as parents, you know, you have to... Evolve. When when Oliver first started down that path, we were like most parents. I think we'd say, 
we we were concerned, right? I was like we're, fourteen like, for the yeah. record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like where is this going to go? It. You know, how far is he going to go down this well? Is it going to lead to other things and all that? Yeah. So, part of it is is you know fretting and and um, trying to give guidance and just watching and and helping out when if things got off rail, right? Aww. But oh yeah, at, my parents are the shit for sure. But as he got older and matured, and as we started to understand more, as he communicated with us more about coping with OCD and things mm-hmm. like that and recognize, okay, this or antidepressants or something that yeah. the medical community was Which I, I had tried. Down. I was on Prozac for several years, put on a bunch of weight. I felt really shitty. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and I haven't had a medical cannabis card since before legalization. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so what, and we've seen that uh, even when he's on it and he's doing it, he's conducting a, a good life and he's turning even out Even better interviews and, though. <laughs> yeah, better interviews. So, but, but yeah, it's, it, it it's, works for him, and we see that it is, it's not the thing I would do all the time. But I'm a different person. Right? The other thing I should point out is that generally, if I'm vaping during a podcast, it's uh, low THC. It's maybe like seven percent THC, mainly CBD. Like I'm not coming into a podcast with like getting bla- fuck you blazed. up Kush, like you know twenty five percent. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. I rarely like getting that high because yeah. it can go the other way and I can get anxiety from yeah. it if you're just like, you can't get your bearings or whatever. Um, but CBD for sure. And a little bit of THC, it's, uh, yeah, you got to find the right balance. And for sure. It's constantly sure. changing. It's not for everyone. And, you know, there are, there are ways to find the right one for you. Like you can talk to a professional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, it's funny too, because uh, when I tried to get my medical cannabis card, my own doctor was not a fan of the plan and she was not really well versed in medicinal cannabis. So she sent me to... Uh, like a psychologist to evaluate me basically. And then she had to kind of suck it up when he came back with a form saying like, no, he's totally Mm. doing fine. This works for him basically. And then she, she still wouldn't prescribe it, but she finally like uh, connected me with a party that would. So, okay. Yeah. And I think since then she's done a bunch of research. So, you know, kudos to her. Yeah. Can I get uh, back to my question? Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Dad. No, that's okay, no. Um, I'm not used to taking a question, so. Mm. <laughs> I've co-opted this interview. So when you're talking about the elimination diet, my my wife has done elimination diets. I think she's had a lot of challenges with her guts over the years. Mm. Um, and we're all, we've tried different diets for different reasons and things like that. So I want to ask you about one in particular, just to see if you're familiar with it. It's called, un, the book is called Undoctored, but it's by the guy who did Wheat Belly. Oh, yeah. And it's the no grains yeah. diet. And so we did that for quite a while, pretty hardcore. And nice. I think it, it made both of us feel better. We both kind of, you know, we're eating the odd pizza and things like that. But it has changed us fundamentally in that we do eat a lot more non-grain. We use tons of uh, almond flour and, you know, whatever else, right? But I was just curious about your thoughts about all the diets in the world, you know, they come, they go. Um, are there any that you feel like this is a really good sustainable diet that is rooted in basically good health? Or, or is it, you no, know, just eat vegetables, eat organic, things like that? I'm, I'm just general kind of toss it out there question. Just to add to that, I was going to ask something similar because I know that you're well-versed in keto and paleo and lectin-free. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely wondering the same thing. Like, what is your sort of, is there a perfect diet? Oh my or? God, do we have an hour? Another hour? <laughs> um, hey we got as long as we need. So that's awesome that you found a benefit from that. Because I think, yeah, it's hard when diets come and go for people to stick 
to something that works for them. Like, yeah. unfortunately, there's maybe this is like from the 90s, like leftover from the 90s of like a yo-yo dieting. And I think, you know, the low fat, uh, lo low fat. Um, well, and, and it's the whole diets are an industry. Exactly. We're being manipulated by this industry. Yeah. Who says like every so often we got to flip the, the channel and come up with something new because it sells books, it sells whatever. Totally. Right? And, yeah. yeah, so... Um, Shout out to Rob Wolf. He has been promoting a paleo diet uh, slash ancestral diet, if you will, for many years. And he often says, if I were to package this and like tell you like you'll get abs in 30 days or less, like I would be a multimillionaire. But what he's promoting is basically eating how our ancestors did. So there's a theory that uh, when grains kind of came into our diet, it was about 10,000 years ago. Now, if we think about human evolution, like as hominids, I forget what, what, which one we are now, uh, homo sapiens. Homo yes. Sapiens, yeah. Yes. Education. Everyone system. always remembers homo erectus. Cause it's like, Cause grade nine <laughs> that's what you remember. And I'm a nerd. So I always think a oh, homo superior. That's like the X-Men and the mutants. Oh, nice. Oh my God. X-Men. That nineties cartoon was the best. <laughs> okay. Um, back on track. Back on track. So, <laughs> Our, 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 uh, I wish we talked about this before the second Arakia came in, but let's, let's, let's get this together. So a hundred thousand years ago is when maybe like Homo erectus, I don't know. I don't remember dates, but like we are still, a long ass time we ago. are still evolved to only be like hunter gatherers and only eat, you know, the, the odd berry and a lot of meat basically, or whatever we could find. So the, because grains have entered like so recent in our human evolution, a lot of people have digestive issues around that. Now, could that be because Wonder Bread, as an example, no shade to Wonder Bread, but it's like a industrial processed wheat bread. Yeah. Whereas these ancient grains I had mentioned earlier in the podcast, they were slow fermented for days and days and days and made into like a porridge and then sourdough leavened, which is leavened naturally by the wild yeasts in the air. So that was easier for our guts to digest. Yeah. If we go all the way back there to eating grains that way, maybe that would do for some people. Maybe it wouldn't. But who has the time to sit there and pound grains to like naturally release whatever enzymes are required to promote digestion of them yeah again so, convenience right? so i don't think there is a diet that's necessarily a labeled diet that is here to stay because as your dad rightly mentioned it's an industry and will continue fluctuation is key, yeah. <sighs> yeah but like if we if i think many people would really benefit from eating less processed food so i mean you know that goes for not only processed grains so like industrially like puffed grains like this this could be like one of the worst things so that you could though. eat yeah. because it's this extrusion process that is just like they take the grain they grind it and then they puff it up so there's no fermentation and a lot of fermentation as you know with kombucha sauerkraut helps the gut it takes it takes time to make but it helps the gut like yes, it, there yeah. are it's like a health food healthy it truly gut flora is a, i think they say right that's what they say but <laughs> you actually need a combination of that and what's known as a prebiotic so those are probiotics okay so those are the the, the gut bugs that the exist in your in intestines yeah but they need to eat something so that's where the probiotic or the prebiotics come from so those are non-fermentable fibers interesting so what would be an example of that like like the uh, psyllium husk like uh cold potatoes so when sauerkraut 
or no? No, sauerkraut is has the probiotics the pro and it has yeah, the, okay. the, the the gutty bugs. But it so I'm eating have... way too much pro and maybe not enough pre. Maybe I gotta get some more. Well, pre. I don't know how are your guts. Let's. I don't know how much husk deep. I eat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I husk think, heavy diet. I think I think like um, the other the other part to that the ancestral diet piece is to look at our genetics. So wherever our ancestors have come from, we're, we may or may not be more prone to being able to digest those foods. So I think like for my part of the world, uh, we do better with dairy than somebody from Asia, for example, because yeah. it's been part of our, you it's know, evolutionary. Yeah. It's evolutionary. So I think that's one great framework to start with. It's like, what did our ancestors eat? Let me try that out and go from there. It's cool that you say that because I've heard the similar argument like, you know, paleo or the ancestral. It's it's like the caveman diet. And the other part I've heard argued for the same uh, reasons essentially is fasting because mm -hmm. that's how our bodies would have functioned. You would have gotten these massive amounts of protein after a large exertion of exercise or, or energy. Um, and that would, you know, then be followed by a long period of just wandering around looking for the next yeah. thing you're going to kill. Uh, well, I'm so glad you brought that up because unfortunately there's no diet that's a cure-all. Whatever you do, you need to also look at your lifestyle. How's your stress level? How's your sleep? How's your community? Because apparently lack of community is just as bad as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Like that's a, that. that's a, a yeah. study that there's gets thrown around. Um, I've heard sleep is like paramount it's so important it's, it tops exercise and diet it's yeah it, all those will be somewhat irrelevant if you're not getting good yeah sleep. if there's one benefit to the pandy i mean it's really helped helped us sleep if more. you can sleep because you're not stressed out about the pandy oh my god that's yeah. true i've had so many nightmares where i've like oh my god Wait, where you get coronavirus or something yeah well you were an interesting guest in that regard because obviously after uh when things had started opening up again i guess it was last summer or a little earlier we started saying, all right, well, we're only going to really do in-person with people who have vaccinations. Yeah. Not to be elitist or whatever, but that's yeah. where we're at. You know, my dad's 65. I got kids. And yeah, um, you... Yeah. I had no idea you had kids. Yeah, I have three kids. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, well, like, I... I I've, you only saw the I little learned guy. To, no, yeah. I, I listened to the, your podcasts and I've learned. My since. oldest is going to be 13 at the end of the year. Well, I can't believe it, man. That's so cool. Um, shit, what was I talking about now? I lost we're talking about vaccines. Oh, yeah. So you were candy. interesting in that uh, yeah. you were like... You basically had some apprehensions about disclosing yeah. uh, medical information, but you also said you could bring a negative COVID yeah. test. Which, which I did. Yeah, I was going to say we haven't seen. I brought seen, it with me in, my, not, in, my, in a little Ziploc bag. <laughs> we're pretty chill. Yeah, we wait to check yeah, if the no, documents I think, are. I think it's, uh, I mean, now the cat's out of the bag because like we're going to be expected to show proof of vaccination. But like when yeah. you, when we were deciding on a date and when you disclosed that to me, I was still in this mind frame of like, uh, is this like, I would love to hear your opinions on this. Cause well, you I, made me feel comforted instantly too. When I mentioned my dad and that he follows the reports and that he's, you know, a master's in biology. So yeah. he's just that, that mind. And then you brought up that you have a scientific back, background as well. Cause yeah. you majored in chemistry too, right? Yeah. So yeah. there you go. I was a minor in chemistry. Oh, minor. Way, sorry, but, sorry. Uh, but environmental whatever. science. Still <laughs> cool. Fish. Yeah. Thank you. With honors. You know, no big deal. So that was comforting. And you said you as well follow, like you didn't come off as a careless person who was like, yo, fuck it. It's all a fucking sham. Yeah. It's not real or yeah, whatever. There's, like, it's a, there's a gray zone. No, but what I was going to mention was like, before uh, it was made official that we were going to expect uh, proof of vaccination for vaccination you know. passports. Yeah, and all yeah. That. yeah. Uh, I was, I was, I'm just wondering, like, even, yeah, I think a lot of my friends actually believe this that it's kind of like 
okay, well, where's the line yeah. cross with a disclosing medical information like yeah. that? But like, we're in a, such a particular time. And you made a joke too. You and were like, I'll tell you my last pap smear. Yeah. That <laughs> I knew because you were a comedian that I could say that. Well, that was, well, of course. Yeah, that was hilarious. I was like, he won't take this the wrong Where way. is the line? I agree. Like I And like we were talking before the podcast about how we like people who try to remain in the center yeah. as far as not being just like sucked into yeah. the vortex of yeah. some, you know, hysteria or whatever. And I, and I like and I to also, try to think that I am that person still. But and I also find that like, I think from the beginning, like where was the testing? Like I really wish that tests were more of like a popular thing yeah. so that we could be Well, you really said sure. you had access to them because your husband's uh, yeah, Canada Post. Yeah, he works Post at Canada worker. Post. Yeah. So I thought yeah, that yeah, was yeah. really interesting and cool too. Yeah, he just got them in. So it's it was like good a timing. rapid readout kind of thing. Rapid readout, yeah. Cool. Antigen testing. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Like I do, I do have my own apprehensions about, of course, no one wants to live in some like authoritarian police state. And yeah. like I get why people are anxious about it but i also know there's a lot of crazy ass conspiracy people that that thrive on that it's like a drug to them and a lot of the time shit is just what it is yeah and i've also spoken i brought him up before but i spoke to a psychotherapist who told me that a lot of conspiracy people have a lot of trauma and that's their way of processing it because then they don't have to deal with the real issues it's the world that's you know i'm sort of throwing my own part into that too but i think the scary thing though is that it's like you said, it's very black or white right now. Yeah. And uh, I was going through like some medical procedures that I don't necessarily want everyone to like know about. So, okay, which yeah. prevented vaccination. So oh, okay. right now, like, so it's kind of scary to like talk about because then people are like, no, you're just like lying or like, you never know where, where people are at, you know? No, so, you would probably get some So like that, where, yeah. like a, a friend of mine, he has anxiety putting a mask on, but he's like, I'm not going to be that person that applies for exemption. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> like I feel bad for people who like genuine, genuinely have issues, yeah. but then get lumped into this whole like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like what if you have really bad asthma or something? Yeah. Like, it's got to be brutal. I even get the yeah. anxiety aspect. For sure, it was an adjustment period. Like I've worked at the hospital for a while, but yeah. where I work, they didn't even make us wear them before the pandemic. Like yeah. it was an option. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've gotten used to it, but I remember at the beginning kind of having that worry. You can't get your full breath and your anxiety starts kicking in. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah. I spun out of the grocery store a couple of times. Oh, same. Yeah. Because the grocery store was terrifying <laughs> in the know. first week or two. Everyone was like <laughs> looking at each other like we were going to kill each other or something. Yeah. It was just so high intensity. You know? Yeah. And then there's some things that like I'm just pretty rational minded and like uh, like transmission outdoors is like almost negligible. And so like masking outdoors, I think is just kind of like kind of silly. Unless you're bunched but together. Unless or, like, you're bunched together for sure. Like if I were to go to fucking like Lollapalooza. Yeah. But your ass, I would have been like masked up. Like, yeah, you know, it's all circumstantial, which is where like mandates are kind of like a sketchy thing because it's like rural Ontario, like, yeah, you know, a farmer on the field is like, yeah, exactly. Mask it should, like, what? things should be taken into account. Like, yeah. not one thing is going to apply to every situation. Yeah. I just wish we were like given all the, okay, hold on. Let me reword this so I don't sound crazy. <laughs> no, it's okay. But yeah, I think we, we, uh, we're smarter as the average citizens. We're smarter than we, maybe if they think, they think we are, whoever they is. Yeah, but I think what you need to remember is that when this was breaking out, this was a new disease. 
Yeah. And yeah, they didn't know terrifying. what they didn't know. Right. Remember all yeah. the beginning, it was all about like washing your groceries and yeah. all that kind oh of stuff. Oh my God, for sure. Until enough time went by, they'd done enough studies to really rule out contact contamination as yeah. a real source. So Yeah, but then like grocery stores are still spraying down conveyor belts um, so pe when people are when people are slow to change yeah and, and they and were quick to change initially but you're right it's because it was a that new was a well, it's a survival instinct and now it sure. still it yeah. still gives the consumers or a section of consumers some comfort level to see things being clean i know but this like is where that, i'm right? kind of like frustrated it's like we need to tell them that it, they're safe it's okay yeah like mm -hmm. kelly would say if someone kids gets dirt in their mouth she's always like oh it'll build your immune system you know like <laughs> Whereas I'm somewhat of a germaphobe, so I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, scraping it out. But no, we're, and you know what? We're still going to learn more about all this stuff. I'm like, yeah. But well, I guess, especially with masks, I was always just kind of like, okay, even, even with anxiety, and if it, this might cause me a bit of discomfort, if it could potentially save somebody's life. Yeah. Like, what's the big fucking deal? And there's definitely the people at the other side who are so instantly ready to be like, were you trying to tell me what I can't do? And it's like, mm -hmm. how about you maybe think about doing it out of your own free will to be a good member of society and yeah. we're just taking all the precautions we need to right now. No one wants to be doing this. No one fucking woke up today being yeah, like, I can't sure wait that, to yeah. get a mask on, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. But I, yeah, it, it is tricky because I also understand that there's probably a lot of truth to even if all the pandemic is just, you know, what it was, it was probably overdue given the way cities are built and, and overpopulation and all that, even if it was somewhat honest in that respect, like an act of God, there's no way the biggest companies that have reaped the most benefits from it aren't like paying attention and noticing that and probably hoping it will be maybe prolonged a little bit. I don't know. If someone said that to me, I would be open to hearing more because it sounds plausible, but that the most the people with the most money in the world, if they saw an opportunity to keep making more money, even at the disregard of the common folk, isn't that what they fucking do? Like, yeah. But so, I think before you uh, assume somebody's of malicious intent, yeah. maybe just think maybe they're incompetent. Like as a, my friend in, who's been in this situation in Sweden says, it's like the first time a lot of these people have politicians have done this. So she was telling me that so that I could calm down a bit about like restrictions and stuff. Yeah, She's like, that they're all nobody's just kind done of, this before. Yeah, trying to figure it out too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it is what it is and we're going to keep going, but it's nice to be able to finally sit down and talk with people again. So I'm oh, glad you brought imagine. the test. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> before I forget though, I do want to get you to kind of plug your your programs that are all available on your website and kind of go yes. over it a bit because I thought it was really cool that you offer all these different formats of personal chefing that basically seem to to depend on like how involved the person wants to be in the yeah. process, which yeah. is super cool. So for the last five years, I've worked as a personal chef. So a personal chef goes into your home, which obviously for the last couple of years, I haven't been doing as yeah. much. <laughs> uh, but uh, depending on people's comfort level, uh, yeah. So I create a menu for people's dietary goals, for their health restrictions or dietary restrictions and their health goals. I reverse that. Um, and then, you know, I can either meal prep you a bunch of food and you portion it out yourself or I portion out like macro based foods. If you're like with a weight trainer and they're giving you like X grams of protein, really specified. X grams of carbs, I can tailor your, to your tastes and likes. So a personal chef is really awesome. Like there's lots of us out there. If you're interested in trying that out, honestly, like each meal, it ends up being cheaper than like Uber eats. 
because it's so expensive right now. So if you uh, want to work with a chef that really knows about nutrition, I'm your girl. There's lots of us out there. Um, and then on top of that, I've always have ha- had a knack for performance arts. I think deep down, you know, I'm a performer. I've dabbled in singing. Maybe one day I'll try comedy. We'll see. Sure. But yeah. uh, You're lively and, and likable. Uh, thank you. But aren't good well comedians spoken. also like damage. shit talkers? Damage. I'm, I'm. I would say damage is a better word because they come in all different. Um, <laughs> what's the word? You know, dispositions. But they all have something going on. <laughs> so that being said, I've myself included. I've thought like one way to bridge the gap between like all this like boring sustainable stuff. Well, I mean, maybe it's boring to some people. I find it fascinating, and the the layman. Although I don't really like that term. I think that's a bad term. Lay person. Lay person um, is to use comedy. So I developed a YouTube cooking show called Eva B's Jamboree, which you can find clips on EvaB.com or on my YouTube channel. So initially it started as a YouTube show and then I pitched it to them to see if they wanted a re-edit of it. And then they're like, yeah, well, we need it like 16 to 22 minutes. So can you give us like a longer cut? So they got the long cut, but on YouTube, it's a shorter cut. Cool though. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. So I got to... So I was like out, not performing as much live musically, but I was still connected enough to the music scene in Ottawa. So what I did was each month of a full year, I cooked with a different band. So a different band would come in. We would cook a seasonal dish based on their ancestry. Then while it was in the oven, wink, wink, nudge, <laughs> nudge, magic. they would perform a song and then we would come back and try the food. So that That's was a ton cool. of fun. Uh, there were some skits involved, some of the episodes. So that's all on my YouTube channel. And then I partnered with Bell Five TV One. They started another sort of Rogers 22, but uh, it was more produced and they featured different cities. So I was part of the Ottawa, the, the one, one of the first shows that the Ottawa production team put together and it's called Om Nom Ottawa. There's lots of songs that I wrote for the show and interviews with local farmers wow. and producers. And yeah, so those were like more serious interviews cut to like a sketch, like a comedy sketch or a music video. Oh, I really want to see this now. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I can send you some clips if you yeah, want. Yeah, I checked out some stuff, but you know, there's a lot to go over. You've got a lot of I know. content on your website. I, and I still have content that I need to like edit and yeah, you've this got a whole blog. social media world. Like there's always stuff that I could be doing, but I... I'm really hard at like narrowing my focus. Like if a marketer were to partner with me, they'd be like, I, I think we were talking about this recently, but I'm the same way. Really? I feel like oh, uh, it's God. really hard to, for me to limit myself to one like creative endeavor. Like yeah. I like doing comedy, but I like writing music. I like doing musical comedy. I like painting miniatures. I like, you know, and I'm always trying to stick to one, but I just get impatient and want to go do the other thing. And I don't know. Yeah, that, I guess that's what you were saying. I right? really, we need like a creative manager or something. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know that I would like that though. I know, right? <laughs> I, it's definitely for some people. Some people yeah. are hyper focused on their one thing and they know, you know, it's like Jimi Hendrix or something. He's like, this is what I do. You right. Know? Okay. But I kind of like doing this too, you know? <laughs> oh, I feel in good company because sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not being a good enough entrepreneur. It makes entrepreneur. you feel directionless. Yeah. And I've, I'm guilty of that where I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Why don't I just figure out what my niche is? Right. Or but. I don't know. Maybe well, my I niche is not a... having a niche. Hell yeah. Well, I think you have a good thing going on here. Thank you. Yes. Say. The show is definitely something that feels the most natural. Out really? Of everything. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Because I like doing comedy, but I still feel so anxious before every oh my God. performance. And music's probably kind of 
this is the time where I just feel like I'm in my realm or my lair, as you put it. Oh, I should start a podcast. You <laughs> really should. Um, and so lately, yeah, nobody's doing it. Late, well, <laughs> I'm just joking. That's how I feel that we were talking about that too. It's, it's good like, to just put that in your head so you don't stop yourself from doing it. You should do it. I, I 100% <laughs> was joking. You should do it no, just because even if no one listens, it's so therapeutic and such a fun experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. you've given me a lot of inspiration because of reaching out to childhood heroes and also uh, making me feel comfortable about interviewing local people too. Yeah. Because, yeah. It's fun to meet it's people. It's just That's a conversation. Yeah, and Lots I think people would watch yours because you're, uh, you know, you've got the experience hosting all these shows. That you're natural, so I think, you, yeah, you should do it. Thanks. Well, lately I've been uh, on Twitch biweekly this is, slash yes, weekly, I have that here. and um, so that's more of like a free form. So like people who watch or are expecting a full on cooking show, if they log on live, that's not what you're getting. You're getting me shooting the shit with like people from literally all around the world. One thing I didn't expect from the pandy is to be, to have connected with people from Texas, from Trinidad, from France. Like I would have never branched out to those people on Instagram or Facebook or like in my own world. I've heard this about Twitch that it's, it's very, so, very connective. Yeah. It's so surprising to me. So yeah, it's been super fun. Uh, I get to, I, end up playing some of my skits from my old shows nice. as like breaks. If I have to go pee or if like <laughs> I'm cleaning the dishes. Cause it's funny. You, you always have a view count of who's watching live. It definitely goes down as soon as I'm if like washing just, a yeah. dish. They're like, fuck this. Um, but that's also the beauty of Twitch is like, you can jump in and out. A lot of people are like, Oh, I missed it. I'm like, it's okay. Like you don't have to. Also, you don't have to have an app. People yeah, think you can't watch it at a later time on Twitch. You can. You oh, can, you can? It's called a video on demand, but it's. I don't think it's the same. Mm. Really, the the essence of Twitch is that you're watching live and interacting with the host. Like, there's a lot of awesome people who are on Twitch, and they're like, um, you can spin the wheel, and the wheel spins, and they have to like, take a shot or something. It's like super. <laughs> it's it's a weird world. It's very interactive, but I've I've really thrived from it because. A, it forced me to do something during the core. And then B, I've I've connected with so many people and like they they would watch me from like their country cooking a dish that's national to them and teaching me how to cook that dish. That's like so I had a Jap oh. a Japanese cooking instructor in California walk me through how to make okonomiyaki, which is this Japanese pancake. And he was like, I had so many questions. I went to the Japanese store and like picked up some stuff. I'm like, is this the right thing? Like that's it's amazing. crazy. Yeah, it's been a, an amazing learning experience. Definitely. Keeps me on my toes. Like some people are like, oh, you've been in the business for so long. You must be like tired of whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's always more you can always. learn. Always. That's yeah. what I love about food. There's always something new to learn. The passion cook. comes through loud and clear. And <laughs> I'm so glad <laughs> yes. that you're someone who knows what you want to do because, you know. Oh, no, Not but I thought we discussed that. that what I don't really know what to do because well, I'm doing so many things. <laughs> at least in a broad sense, you know your love of food and you're always going to try and find new, cool, interesting things to do. Oh, yeah. That. The reason also why I brought up Twitch was because I've been really delving into nostalgic much music clips on Twitch because okay. like one part of having an international audience there is to show them my childhood so there i've had some streams where i'm like you know what let's watch like a full episode of electric circus and they're like okay what what are we doing i'm like no no just wait and people are like the costumes oh, yeah. the music what i don't they're know they've aged well. 
no it's aged it's like a really rave well. basically yeah. we watched one because remember they did those lives at canada's wonderland or like downtown ottawa yeah, special events special events so one like b44 were there oh my god <laughs> oh my someone god, just brought that so up on cool. facebook the other day not that event but those guys b44 i was like wait did i hear that right and they come out and they're like lip syncing full on i'm which, amazed ugh. they're still alive yeah no, no no this was like a long time ago <laughs> oh yeah but but your person the person brought up that they're still around on Facebook? Actually, no, I don't know that. I thought what you were saying was more relevant to now or more like um, recent rather. No, 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 no. Ancient They're They're probably still alive because they were in like a boy band in the 90s. So I yeah. would hope at least a couple of them survived. <laughs> Do you know B44? Okay, they're these guys who were like super spray tanned. They if had you get down um, on me, giant I'll get pointy. Down on you. That's what I was going to say. They're very inappropriate lyrics considering it was like targeted to tweens, I would say. Yeah, like the, the bridge. The bridge goes, and I'm gonna make you come tonight over to my house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you hear the first part, though? If you get down on me, I'll get down on you. Um. So, yeah, you it's amazing that, that my parents let me watch much music as much as I did. That was a very bad example, though. No, but there's a lot of shit that I got into that I'm, like, surprised they were, like, whatever. That's actually shout out to my parents. So like I was kind of ragging on like that immigrant men immigrant mentality earlier, but you know what? They let me stay up and watch Jerry Springer oh, yeah. SNL. <laughs> like I, I have my brother is seven years older than me. So I think they're like, whatever goes for him, whatever she'll like. She'll yeah. The first deal. always gets the most restrictions and then the parents break <laughs> and the second kid, they're like, I oh, know, whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. That's funny, though. Yeah, I don't know that we watched Jerry Springer, but I remember my cousins weren't <laughs> even allowed. I loved it so much. My cousins weren't even allowed to watch The Simpsons, and I always thought that I know, was, my friend, I, yeah, I never watched The Simpsons. I was yeah, like, excuse me? To bring me? up, you know, your shirt again. Bart Simpson. But yeah, we grew up on The Simpsons, and uh, because I think The Simpsons was very good, and I recognize this even more watching it as an adult, at hiding the adult jokes for the adults, and they were so adult that the kids would have no idea what the hell they were oh talking about. Oh my god, about. I'll watch it now and be like, whoo, I missed that. So, yes, 100%. <laughs> oh and my god. It got into some deep, dark topics yeah. that I only realize now. I'm like, whoa, that's poignant. There's a lot of uh, emotionally driven episodes for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have that. Oh, actually, I did want to ask you about one food eating trend because I had never heard of it. And Kelly okay. said all the nurses she she works with were talking about all right, bring FODMAP. It on. FODMAPs. Okay. And so the acronym was insane. Yeah, I don't even I can't. I'm really good at acronyms usually, but not this one. I don't even I don't, don't even know where to start. But it's all okay. saccharides. Fermentable oligosaccharides, oh, saccharides, yes. disaccharides, monosaccharides. Oh, okay. um, and I, the AP, I forget, but that's mom's thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, some people have, like, too much probiotic action going on, and they'll eat any sugar. So sometimes the, your microbes in your guts can get out of balance. And so a low FODMAP diet, like, includes no onions, no, I think no garlic, too. Mm. Garlic is okay? No, it's not. It's not okay. Yeah, so there's still sugars in them. And then if you eat anything pretty much any carbohydrate, it can start fueling those bad bacteria. It can cause a lot of habit, havoc, like uh, IBS symptoms and that kind of thing. So, I mean, it's interesting that I guess it's a nursing trend. Oh, I don't know. That's just where she had heard about it. And yeah, I, I that's had funny. never heard of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty niche diet, but it's kind of around the same thing. It's like if you lower the amount of processed foods, which are usually high in carbohydrates, then you should be pretty okay, but I don't necessarily. I was gonna say I looked it up last night, and some of the things onions. they were telling you not to eat were not processed things. It was like yeah. certain berries yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. like yeah. no carbohydrates. Yeah, so, some people really suffer with any carb. Yeah, so like at our house, I mean, if there's 
because there's so many things to keep track of. You can't yeah. keep track of them. So, you know, we always go to, to our Google home and we just go, is such and such on the FODMAP diet? And hmm. it's very good. It says yes or no all the time. And in one of the universities that seems to be very well uh, steeped in this is Monash University, which I think is in Australia, um, because they often come up as the source. Um, but yeah, you just toss food out. So like our beets on the FODMAP diet is, you know, is hmm. lentils on the FODMAP diet, and it'll tell you. And mom, your mom, <laughs> she, she knows from experience to pay attention to this for her because this makes a big difference in her life. When she discovered FODMAP, Things got a lot better. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, then how recently? Oh, uh, within within the last uh, year and a half or so, I'd okay. say. Okay, oh, it's yeah. recent. Yeah. What were you gonna ask? Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, if anyone is interested in an elimination diet, unfortunately, you have to stick to it pretty strict for at least three weeks. I would say twenty eight days, because you need your body to get used to not having that food in you. And then just try one thing at a time and give yourself a couple days. So if you were to do an elimination diet like I did, that uh, removed a few different food groups, uh, in introduce a dairy first and then wait a couple days. Because some, some symptoms manifest over 24, 48 hours. You don't actually get the joint pain right away. Yeah, it takes some time to set in. Yeah. Yeah, like food can affect so many things that we don't think of. Like for me, big one was anxiety. And Which foods caused that for you? Um, I think it was just like overall my gut was... So you can get what's called leaky gut. And so what happens is that particles are indigested and then go into your bloodstream and then they can affect like the inflammation in your brain. Oh, so God. I think it was just general overall my body was not... You know, after, you know, partying a lot in my 20s, perhaps could have yeah. really destroyed my, my body. <laughs> and maybe my whole life I've been gluten intolerant and I didn't realize it. So... I think people were maybe afraid to admit they're gluten intolerant for a while because it became <laughs> such a like thing That's we were the hearing thing about. We were talking about earlier though. Yeah, it's people just would make like, fun of you. Oh, oh yeah, gluten, sure. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. You have a gluten intolerance. You're probably just Yeah, well, I actually had a joke that I never did because there's a store and this was in the hype of all the you know, where everyone thought they had a gluten allergy all of a sudden. There was a store that opened up in the little mini mall over here called The Joy of Gluten. And I wanted to ask them, like, oh, do all your shipments arrive by bandwagon? Uh, so, I what I also is. hate <laughs> is, like, like when menus say, like, uh, gluten-free. No, what what is it? Gluten-friendly. Some places will, like, write on the menu gluten-friendly. And I'm like, wait, is this for, like, a bread aficionado? Yeah, does it mean you like bread? <laughs> yeah, we really dig bread here. Yeah. Bread, I, I love gluten. That's what makes bread stretchy. You yeah. Know, you get those things. It's, if you can tolerate gluten, it's a great thing. That's, like, oh the, um, the best so scene good. in uh, This is the End. Like, right at the beginning of the movie with Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel, they're finally meeting up and at the airport or whatever. And he's talking about how he doesn't eat gluten anymore. And I don't remember the exact conversation, but then they just cut all of a sudden to them eating like Wendy's and they're just like, oh, <laughs> gluten. Yes. Yeah. Well, oh. I hope I hope I can get back on, on that kind of like making fun of myself track because I think, I don't know how you've been in re-entering society, but I definitely feel like nervous uh, the about show it just because helped. I've been I was so doing, sorry, I feel like I mind. keep cutting you off. I'm so sorry. You, you're not, you're not. That's a sign of a good conversation, I guess, when we're so excited so. to we're, both talk. We're vibing. Um, the, doing the show helped during the pandemic because I was still having Zoom conversations with complete strangers. So mm. it, it made the social aspect a little, I mean, it wasn't didn't feel normal, but it was still something. You know, It challenged me to be comfortable with talking to people 
sort of like you would if you went to the grocery store and ended up bumping into some random person and, you know, starting a conversation. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm glad Getting... to actually be doing real real people yeah, stuff, though. Yeah, me too. <laughs> See how long it lasts? The fourth, fourth wave and all the kids at school with it's the not... Delta. Can we get an update? I got an update. My kid's school just got a, a coronavirus positive. Oh, okay. He's that... vaccinated, my kid. Yeah. He's the oldest one. Nice. Um, But, you know, it's still freaky to hear that shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, can we get an update <laughs> since your dad is on uh, on COVID-19 watch? Oh. <laughs> this the latest in COVID this news. This just in. Well, my sense of Delta is that while it's spreading, I don't think we're going to get in trouble in Ontario. Yeah. Not like Alberta or anything like that. Because we're so vaxxed. Yeah, exactly. I think nice. vaccination is, is definitely the way to handle this. And what I'm really curious about is what's upcoming. Like, will they combine the... The flu shot and the COVID shot hmm. into one. I know they're working on that. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Need, I, I need to ask. Guess, yeah. yeah. And are they going, and really, how long is it going to take for them to determine how frequently the general populace is going to require boostering? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we know the elderly in that could probably benefit now just because of the low performance of the immune system. But what's really interesting is just as society at large, you know, we're going to have the annual flu shot probably combined with COVID in there as well as part of it. And then we'll have parts of society that don't take the flu shot today and they won't take that one either. And so I think um, there will be a low level endemic COVID in society going forward. Mm -hmm. Endemic. That is a good way of putting it. It'll be normalized in the way that we handle it for the yeah, a large yeah, part of society. Yeah. And since the bulk of society will be vaccinated and will continue to get refreshers and all that, it'll become this low-level new thing where we'll always have a couple of people with COVID in hospital. Some of them will go to ICU. Yeah. You know, it, it'll just become part of life, I think. That's what, just me. I could be totally wrong. Hey, what I'm, are you most excited about, both of you, for uh, normal times? Oh, my God, going when, out dancing, for sure. Yeah? Oh, yeah, 100%. So, Okay. More, okay. more than you just, anything. You just came across as like a, like a, I love just chilling with my kids kind of guy. I didn't oh. know you like went out dancing. Ooh, <laughs> well, Oliver. Yeah, mom and dad need to go party. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> babysitters and send the kids off to Where do you go out dancing? Uh, honestly, I feel like every time I've gone dancing, it's always been at a different place. Like we don't have like a place. We kind of just go and have drinks downtown and then find a place that has music playing and start That's dancing. That's fun. Yeah. I, well, I've talked about this on the podcast, but I didn't used to, I used to hate dancing when I was younger. Yeah. And, uh, when me and Kelly got together, just happened once at a wedding drunk. And then I realized how fun it was, how much <laughs> I didn't suck the way I thought I would. And I was like, oh yeah, it makes sense. I play music. I have rhythm. Like, why would I be a terrible dancer? And then the more I embraced it, the better I got, I felt. I don't know. I'd have to see footage, I suppose, to really know. But I've always gotten, you know, good feedback and stuff. So, And it's yeah. just fun. It's just a, a freeing experience. I, maybe even more so because it was something that I held for so long as like, not like, oh no, I was the guy standing at the back of the dance or I wouldn't go to the dance because I was so worried I was going to suck at dancing and embarrass yeah. myself. So uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's really, it's like a, if you don't think about it too much like this, but it's kind of a good form of exercise too. So when I'm talking about like looking at like the different aspects of your life where like where you could like incorporate more movement or like better, more conscious choices for food, like do stuff that you like. For instance, I haven't done yoga in like years and I'm starting to do it every day again. I'm like, oh, this is, I like weight training, which is something that I dabbled in the last couple of years. But like, I don't know. Yeah, And like dancing is fun too. It totally I want to take is. dance classes. 
Well, we well we just had nights where we would go dancing, and the yeah, next yeah. day your legs are just like annihilated, yeah. and you did like two thousand calories burned off you, you know. Yeah. So it, it definitely feels good, but I agree with what you say about like find the way to exercise that works for you that you're not going to look at it as like a horrible chore, and hopefully totally. it's something that you're looking forward to. Even going to. for a walk. Yeah, anything is better anything. than nothing. Get outside, yo. But I Get switched, outside. though. Uh, you're talking about weight training. Not that I ever did that heavy, but I because of the pandemic, obviously, when the gyms closed, pre-pandemic, I had been going to a gym for about a year oh, or cool. two. And, you know, at least a few times a week, go for a couple hours and just do a bunch of different stuff. Um, but then afterwards, I had to adapt and start doing, like, just home uh, calisthenics and, like, uh, jail workouts and stuff. Yeah, you can do a lot with just your body. You can do a lot way faster, in my experience. Maybe <laughs> I was just half-assing it at the gym, but I find, like, I do, like, 20-minute workouts now that have me sweating just as hard as my old two-hour workouts where I kind of didn't run, really know what I was doing. And I would just go from machine to machine being like, oh, yeah, I know how to use this. And, <laughs> you know, I was never an expert. But, um Man, this has been a great conversation. I want to ask you before I forget, this is the last question, but if you've seen season two question, you probably know, um, if you could have dinner with anybody that you've never met that's living or dead, who would it be and why? Mm, I would say my great grandma in Serbia, because she's the one that grew up on the farm and it was like, World War II vibes. Okay. Like, I want to know... I've always kind of had a fascination for the late 1800s. Like, I was really into Jane Austen as a kid, too. Is that, too. like, Victorian era? Vic or no? No. Or was that earlier? No, Victorian okay. was earlier. We're, like, you know, always looking at the yeah. dad. Yeah, oh, my dad always comes through with this. Do you yeah, know Yeah, like, that? late 1800s. He doesn't know. Ooh. Obviously, that's before World War II. I know that. But um, World War One even... But uh, yeah, it would just be really fascinating to see like where I camp came from. I've been to Serbia a few times ever since we immigrated here, but I would love to really know where I came from, you know, in that sense. Yeah. Meeting a relative, really cool. meeting a relative that you've like heard or read about, but never actually met is, is a yeah. cool thought. I've thought that about some of my, I guess, great grandparents. My mom will tell me like, oh, my grandpa was such a cool guy. And, yeah. You know, yeah. I, think like, that's I have this beautiful picture of her and this like gorgeous dress and like everyone back then like just sewed their own clothes and I would just love to see like what a farm back then would be like and would you be able to communicate though or yeah. would they be speaking a different language or do no you know? it would be Serbian and you know Serbian mm -hmm. cool yeah what? oh now I want to get you to say something in Serbian yeah um sure how would you say just chill with Oliver George uh <laughs> chill is probably chill weird. yeah like what would we say uh, okay maybe that's not a good one uh Samopal Okay, hold on. Samo Polako, Oliver George. Cool. That means like easygoing, like just be easy. I like that. Yeah, I'm going to make that a soundbite or something then. I'll, I'll get the, uh, the Serbian audience. Come on, guys. Yeah, come on, Balkan people. <laughs> Rise this up. This is how we say peace. It's the three fingers. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know the origin of that? Nope. And we'll leave it on that. <laughs> Which is why I want to hang out with my grand great Let's grandma. Let's do a Serbian high three. We always... <laughs> Hey, brate moje. Yo, it was a blast hey, hanging brother. out with you. And yeah, uh, hanging, come back anytime. I hope to see you again. Sweet. Okay. I would love to. Bye, everybody. Peace. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot. Fuck you, Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs>